A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Welcome back, and here we are for another Five Yard Rush flagship show. As ever, as ever recently, I'm Dan, I'm going to host you for it, and we are joined by Murph again. How are you, Murph? You good? Uh, all good. All recovered from COVID now, which is uh, terrific. A bit tired this morning uh, after last night's games. Uh, blame it on COVID. Yeah, I just blame it on COVID. <clears throat> no, uh, yeah, no, all good. I mean, we, we got treated to some good games last night. Both of them were very close. Um, would say that the caliber was not quite as good as um, the divisional round, which was some of the best games you'll ever see. So it's probably not a surprise mm-hmm. it was a small drop off, but um yeah, there was definitely some uh you know, an exciting weekend. Um I think for some definitely an unexpected set of results. I know for me in particular, I uh, wasn't expecting the outcome in either game. So um yeah, it was great. And the NFL again just showing why it's the best product in, in the world of sports right now and, and why it's completely unrivaled and continues to be unrivaled. So uh amazing. How about yourself, Dan? How's how's tricks? Yeah, I'm very good. I've been saying to other people, anybody who doesn't follow the NFL or wonders what it's about, go and watch this week's or, or even last week's games, even for just a half-hour snippet highlights, and you'll get some kind of understanding of what this sport actually brings to a viewer, whether you're invested in a team or, or not, even as a neutral. It, it has something to, to grip you at the minute, and it's it's fantastic time to, to be following the sport. Yeah, it really <clears> is. And, and, you know, we've got a great Super Bowl coming up, and... Uh, 
Uh, we've got someone very special here to join us to uh, help break down yesterday's we action. He's a very good friend of mine, so I'm excited for this one. Good, we are. Yeah, as you can see, we are joined by um, Pat Fitzmaurice, who's the editor of Fantasy Pros and host of the Fit on Fantasy podcast and Rankings King, I'm reliably informed. <laughs> I don't know how you, how you handle that title, Pat. How do you live up to that? Do I get an Iron Throne with that, Dan? Do I get some <laughs> sort of uh, scepter? Some, we'll, some we'll, speak, we'll speak to Dan Harris. I'm sure by so, now they probably have a Mercy Charles. Speak to Very nice to uh, join both of you gentlemen. Couldn't agree more with what you were saying about the uh, NFL and the caliber of the product we've seen the last two weeks. You know, maybe more so in the divisional round, as, as Murph said, maybe the caliber of play this this past Sunday wasn't quite up to the previous Sunday but still really exciting uh both games right down to the wire so um it's gonna be an interesting Super Bowl definitely sure is sure is and how are things over at Fantasy Pros what you guys been up to over there (laughs) oh man uh it it kind of never stops I was sprucing (laughs) up my dynasty rankings during the games yesterday kind of sitting there on the couch with the laptop and and getting those realized you know I I needed to move some players around quite a bit. Um, you know, even in the, the last few weeks with the playoffs and the final couple of weeks of the regular season, I mean, there were some seismic changes in, in values to some of these players. So, uh, you know, I had to uh, move up Gabriel Davis, among other players. Uh, lately, Cam Akers, who we didn't know was going to be uh, – fit even for next year all of a sudden coming back unexpectedly mm-hmm. for the playoffs so it was um before the playoffs yeah it's uh it, things are always interesting we're gonna have the draft ahead um you know we we cover baseball too i know you lads aren't okay. quite as interested in that but uh yeah we have to pay pay mind to that a little bit so we're well, definitely still busy even in the uh so-called off season my, my baseball fandom ended on David Ortiz's retirement, who obviously made the uh, Hall of Fame this week. But uh, I do have a Red Sox Garcia Parra jersey here, so uh, and a Barrett, Jason Veritek jersey. So. Oh, Nomar was into that era. Nomar was a favorite of mine too. Love that guy. <laughs> good, good. So we obviously mentioned the games at the weekend. Um, Pat, give us your, your insight into the Bengals Chiefs to start with. What was your thoughts? Oh, um, man, I just I love that. The Bengals were so resilient, um, falling behind what twenty-one to three, and uh, able to come back and and just man, I didn't expect the defense to have that sort of a turnaround after the Chiefs pretty much had their way and and got whatever they wanted to in the first quarter or so of that game. Um, and Joe Burrow is just terrific. I mean, I've I've just fallen in love with the guy uh, over time, and you know just. A little over a full year removed from a, a pretty devastating knee injury and and like yesterday we saw traces of the the mobility he showed when he was at lsu like that's starting to come back adding another yeah. dimension to his game so um you know and i just like i know some bengals fans and and like that's a fan base that suffered a lot since the the, the 1980s um you know it was always joe montana dispatching them in the super bowl uh 
years ago and and you know maybe this is their time joe montana isn't gonna he isn't well, gonna hurt the bengals fans this time so those older generation bengals fans would have been devastated to see the niners waiting for him in the super bowl again wouldn't they? Yeah, after the yes, yes. <laughs> the fate was written on the cards uh, if that was the case. So. you say that but i can't help but think that actually would have wished that they would have held on um i know i know who they would probably who they probably would have wanted to face more i still think yeah, give me give me the poison. I'd have, I'd have taken the 49ers over the Rams, I think. Um but I do think they match up well against the Rams. I so will say that. I think uh we'll maybe talk a little bit about what the Super Bowl looks like and yeah. we'll yeah. do a lot more <clears throat> over the next few weeks. But you know, for me the, the young sung hero yesterday was um was the defensive coordinator for the Bengals. Um uh Anna Rumo, I think, just was phenomenal. Um the way that he made those adjustments, um dropping eight back into coverage. And really, just making, just going them homes. Look, we're we're going to change the game now. We're just going to we're going to drop eight back. We're not going to give you much in the coverage. We know that you can throw a slant pass. We know we you can throw it across the middle. We're going to make you take some shots, um, and we're going to really pack uh, pack the options up. And I, and you know, Mahomes was a bit baffled there. It was amazing because the first half, Tony Romo is talking about how. This offense is so patient. It will take what it will give you. It will just, uh, you know, it was a, it was a homage to how good the Chiefs are. And then all of a sudden, uh, maybe and I remember must have had that in his like ear and just thought, I'm not having this. Um, because when they drop back, um, they drop back, you know, to, to eight defenders, thirty five percent of the time, which was the most they've done all season. This is according to the next gen stats. And then when they did that, you know, Mahomes went six or seven of thirteen for fifty nine yards a pick two sacks he just didn't have an answer to it and i i thought it was remarkable that when you think of the experience that andy reed has you think of the experience pat mahomes and, and that entire team has you know you can excuse the offensive line for some sacks there was quite a new offensive line unit you know that that's going to happen they didn't give up that many gave up three i was just surprised they didn't have an answer they just didn't have an answer for for the defensive coverage they had no idea how to move that ball um, and it was it was baffling. It took them thirty minutes to or twenty four minutes or so before they they went on that last drive to work it out. And I think that's a huge testament to. And I think if this was a more fancied defensive coordinator, if this was a Todd Bowles, if this was a Wink Martindale, if this was a um, uh, you know a Robert Salah of last year, this is where all the praise would have gone. It would have gone to the defensive coordinator. I think maybe I don't know if he's just not fancy, whether he's not well liked. I don't know. Maybe. He, he, annoyed people when he was at the Giants. I really have no idea. But I was surprised at how little credit he got out. It was all about Burrow, all about Burrow. And rightfully so, he deserves a lot of credit to come back with that maturity of that, you know, to be that young second year in the league and to do what he did and to not have that, that you know, mentality of, of, of just rolling over. But it, defense made the stops. And if it wasn't for them, you know, Burrow would never have been allowed to come back. So... I think this this give credit was due and, and and give this Bengals defensive staff and Trey Henriksen by the way yesterday unbelievable uh, I I've, I don't think I've ever seen him play a better game he was he was absolutely phenomenal he's going to be a handful for anyone next week or two weeks time I mean it quite literally was the old tale of a game of two halves and um, a lot of it pivoted I think on the Bengals stopping the goal line stop right before half time because the Chiefs were were running away with momentum at that stage well, I think there was five seconds on the clock three or four yards to go and. Rather than take the three, Mahomes decided that he had a play in him. Um, and Eli Apple decided to turn up for, for one very rare occasion during the game. So 
Did, do we think it pivoted on that path? Yeah. Um, what Murph said about the, the change to dropping back all those guys there, it was clear that Mahomes was, was confused and frustrated by what he was seeing. I mean, so many times late in that game where he would drop back in the pocket and have all the time in the world because he was, you know, dealing with a three-man rush, still had nowhere to go with the ball. Um, and, and that, you know, was, I'm sure that was frustrating for Chiefs fans to see that, like a defense confounding Mahomes like that to such an extent. And, uh, you know, Murph also shouted out Hendrickson. I know there was that one play where he, I think he chased, uh, you know, Mahomes kind of was trying to get outside that three man rush and Hendrickson chased him to the sideline on that final drive. And uh, I don't know if like Henry Hendrickson pulled up lame or if he was just so out of breath from like rushing for seemingly 20 seconds on that play. <laughs> but like he was out, he, he, like he had to be sidelined for a couple of plays. And I'm like, oh, no, they're going to score here without Hendrickson on the field. Like I was he had played so well to that point. But, uh, you know, he and he and DJ Reader for sure mm-hmm. unsung heroes on that Bengals defense just amazing players who really even here in the states just do not get much uh publicity at all and no. really deserve more yeah and, and you know I, I levied a criticism of the chiefs earlier on the season and i'm gonna levy the same criticism because the chiefs are so used to being ahead and they're so used to controlling games if you flash them something that they either haven't seen or don't know how to deal with it takes them far too long to make adjustments we saw this in the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> yes, I mean, you can credit Todd Bowles for rushing, you know, rushing five, rushing six and, and overpowering the banged-up offensive line. Yeah, I mean, listen, of course. I mean, that was an obvious plan. I think they should have been prepared and, and aware for that. Can you always stop it? No. Did they have an answer for it? No. Um, and I think you just – there was just too many times I've seen – we saw early on in the season where they just couldn't get going. And – you know, we see these instances where the Chiefs kind of they it's not an arrogance, it's a kind of like we know we can do what we can do at will, and we know that we can just bully opponents into into positions where we will be strong and win games. I just think that the difference between this Chiefs team, because they'll talk about <laughs> it as a dynasty in the in the years to come, four straight AFC title games. This is it's a phenomenal achievement. And they'll talk about it as a dynasty, but they're gonna walk away from those four AFC title wins or appearances with three or well, two wins, two losses, two Super Bowl appearances, one ring. And they might get back there next year. They might continue to extend the streak. But at the end of the day, they've left a couple on the table because they haven't made critical adjustments. And I question what is going on with the coaching stuff. And maybe this is why a coach like Eric Bieniemy, who's so heavily touted and heavily respected, isn't getting jobs because they must see what we can see. Right? I'm not an NFL expert. You know, I don't I don't work in the NFL. I'm not paid as a coach. You know, I'm a guy who sits on my sofa and watches games and writes notes. Like that's if I can pick this stuff up more severely advanced and more experienced people than myself probably can. And I think I just would like to see some adjustments in game away from the plan uh for next season. And they'll come back stronger, they'll be better. Mahomes is in his prime. Or even not even at his prime yet. Um and a lot of what they suggest there about the way reads the game the progressions is incredible and it's good to see but they just need to make they need to make adjustments in game quicker because other coaches can seem to do this they can just turn the game on ahead and we saw this with the Bengals yesterday 
their game plan didn't work at halftime. They just changed. They changed the whole script. They went away from the run on first down. They got more aggressive. They got the ball down the field. They made some heavy defensive adjustments, which worked. And it bought them enough time to win the game. And that's what matters. You know, that's the difference between why the Bengals are in the, the Super Bowl now and why the Chiefs are going home. And that shouldn't have happened at 18-point lead at halftime. Shouldn't. Shouldn't happen or just before halftime. So to a novice like I, at that stage with everyone dropping back, is that not when the Chiefs should have pulled out Clyde Edwards-Lair and started running the ball heavily to get them to come out of coverage again? Good question. Um, yeah, I'm, like I don't know if that would have would have changed. I don't know if they would have had any more success uh, with the ground game. Maybe they would have running against the slightly lighter fronts, I guess. But it was um, didn't seem like that. It was necessarily that they were playing with more defensive backs. It just seemed like some of the linebackers were dropping back into coverage right off yeah. the snap a lot. So I'm not sure how much that would have helped. Okay. Yeah. I, I think for me, you've got Tyreek Hill who wasn't targeted in the second half, right? You've got such an explosive weapon there. If I'm seeing an eight-man front, it, obviously that's going to negate a lot of what the cheetah can do, which is to go deep and beat men. So what's the best weapon in his arsenal is speed. Try some end arounds. Try some screens. You're going to be given first downs off short yardage screens. Play him in the slot a little bit. You know, Get the coverage to move up. And try and force the issue because what the Buccaneers did in the Super Bowl against this Chiefs team is they said to they played they dropped back I think they dropped seven most of the time and what they did is they said to we're going to take the cheater out of the game so we're going to take Tyreek Hill out of this game because he gashed us for two hundred and odd yards in the Week Thirteen game before the bye we're going to stop that um, but Travis Kelsey can eat at will. Between the 20s, he can do what he wants. And Travis Kelsey can have 130 yards. Doesn't bother us. Because we know we're going to prevent D. And it just seemed to me that they just panicked a little bit. And Jarrett McKinnon was heavily involved in the first half, barely used in the second half. I don't know if it was an injury or lack of usage, but he was running with real... HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PREP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org ferocious you know tenacity through the lines i would have used him more i would have used i would just got a bit more creative with yeah just some end arounds uh, some screens i would have even put tyree kill in the run game like you've got a decent offensive <clears> line <throat> joe tooney there you know let him run for a few yards just create some clever design run schemes and just you know and you you force the defense to be honest then and go because tyree kill is that kind of player if he gets through that first line 
and then he's up against the linebackers with that kind of speed. If he can pivot and put a spin move on, he's going to the house or he's going for a 40 yard gain. And then you're thinking, well, okay, now linebacker needs to commit now. So he needs to think. But they just didn't do anything. It was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna run it on first down, on second down, we're gonna try and throw it for like 15 yards in the intermediary. But we've got the linebackers there who can go sideline to sideline, stop the game. And in the third, we can bring the pressure onto Mahomes and force him out of the pocket and try and get him to to not make a play or get to the quarterback, which is just what happened. And it was the same thing. And just thinking, God, just do something different. Like it's just it's the same thing all the way through the game. So that's what I would have done differently. I mean, hindsight's a great thing, and I'm not an NFL coach, but you got to use your best players, your best weapons. And we've said that before, didn't we? Get the ball in the hand of your playmakers. And that's what the Bengals did with Chase and things like that at times. So. Well, and exactly. Like you, you look at, we talked about this with the Eagles against the Buccaneers. Mm. You know, don't target Devonta Smith yeah. until the game's over. Oh, they're 30 to nothing down. Oh, look, we're going to give the ball to Devonta Smith. Yes, that's too late. You can't give a, you can't give a team a 30 point head start. You know, it's actually say you've got to get it in the hands of your playmakers, your best players. This is why the Rams are so successful because when the game's against them, they get the ball to Cooper Cup. And he makes plays. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter where he is on the field. He's in the far corner for the end zone. He's he's in the slot. He's he's out wide of the screen. Occasionally he ran yeah. the ball yesterday. You know, that's what you've got to do. Your best players have got to touch the ball, and that's how you 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 get out of a funk and make some plays happen. It took t- took too long for the Chiefs yesterday and they frittered it away. Well, and it's their own fault. Oh, talking of best players, Joe Burrow's now got the chance to be not only the first person to win the Heisman and national championship and a Super Bowl. He could do it within three years, which is some achievement when you think of the names that have come through them them records, right? It is amazing. And, um, like, he's done some other really impressive historical things. I mean, his eight, what, 8.9 yards per pass attempt um, or whatever he averaged this season. Tom Brady never had a season with an 8.9 YPA. You know, the, the guy, the undisputed greatest of all time. Aaron Rodgers has had one season where he topped 8.9 yards per attempt. And, and Burrow does that uh, second year coming off a major knee injury. Um, like this guy is really special. And yeah. uh, to, to think that he is going to be throwing to Jamar Chase and T Higgins for, uh, you know, at least the next, what, three years. Um, it's, it's just really exciting. And um, yeah, Burrow's got a, such a bright future. Absolutely. And yes. also with Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow has completed 12 passes this year of 50 yards or more, which is the most that any quarterback has thrown in the last 20 years. Wow. Wow. I mean, it shows you it shows you the arm shape. It just shows you the confidence. It's not just the talent. The talent will get you X far. We've seen talented players come in. the James Winston comes to mind as one of the best ever college quarterbacks. With his record and pedigree and physical attributes, you know, this guy was a superstar in the making. Never happened. And it's that he just has this 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 attitude that it's confidence, not arrogance. It's borderline. And I think it's just at that level where he he doesn't he understands it's a team game. You saw the emotions when he got to the super, you know, when he won the game. The way he went around, and I love the fact he went around to every single play, brushing off the interview going around every single one of his teammates like we did it we did it he's a great leader he's a great person and he's great for football and you know he it that afc we talked about this last week mm-hmm. lamar jackson patrick <laughs> mahomes um josh allen justin and herbert. joe burrow joe justin burrow. herbert <laughs> 
I mean, that is that is a stacked conference for years. The Sean Watson behind Jones. the scenes, I guess. Well, yeah. who knows where he ends up? Yeah. Uh, Mac Jones looks <laughs> looked really good this year. Uh, he's a player who could. I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to join that echelon, but definitely you're looking at the talent wise, and you think what's there. Who knows? I mean, Pat won't want to admit it, but if Aaron Rodgers ends up in Denver with Nathaniel Hackett, <laughs> I mean, you're talking about a conference that has just got some of the best talent and, and the best quarterbacks. I mean, for years it was always the NFC. The NFC had all the stars, and, and now it really has flipped in the last few years, and it's, it's amazing to see. Well, it's so, funny you mentioned that, Murph. <laughs> Sorry, my, uh, my dog is... <laughs> Make it imperative. Something. Um, <laughs> stop. Um, yeah, that. Uh, you know, the, someone asked me, like they speculated on what a trade might look like to the Broncos, and someone said, you know, 2022 first, a 2023 first, maybe a 2023 seconds. Jerry, Judy, uh, Albert, uh, Alberto, and. Um, I forget, uh, Draymond Jones, good good defensive lineman. Someone's like, the, the Broncos would give up all that for, like, that seems too steep. And then I said, well, I mean, like, look at it. Look at what you're facing with all the quarterbacks in that conference. And you think you're going to, you know, and they've got so many of the pieces already in place and you're going to win with without a, a top quarterback. Um, yeah, so I, I can understand why Denver would pay that kind of a price. Well, I, the thing is, I wouldn't. <laughs> I think I just think I wouldn't. I just think I, I get it. Like at the end of the day, but is Aaron Rodgers like Aaron Rodgers has not made enough Super Bowls to say that he's going to compete? I mean, he's a great quarterback and does a great. By the time he settles in, by the time I mean, I just don't see the value of, of giving up your entire franchise for it. I think you're going to have to accept the fact that 2022, whatever happens, is going to be a struggle. I don't think you're going to get a great free agent quarterback. I think you take what you can get. And then I think you look at it in 2023 and think, what's out there? What can we do? Because I just think next year is next year the year that you want. Do you want to go all in on Aaron Rodgers for three years? Because that's realistically what you'll get at most three years. And you're going to be in the same division with Justin Herbert (laughs) and uh, Patrick Mahomes. And if you're lucky enough to get out of that, you're going to have to face a Lamar Jackson, a, uh, a Joe Burrow, or, or uh, a Josh Allen. And if you don't do it in two or three shots, what you've given up is three or four years after that of potential opportunity because that's what you're giving up. So that's why I think I'd, I'd go with the youth. I just think you're better off take a free agency quarterback this year. There's not many great ones, but I, I wouldn't draft one in this year. And then I'd, I'd work a trade or – try and work up a trade and get to the top of the board because I think you're better off with a young one under contract, rookie contract, take a couple of years and try and find that next quarterback. Cause that's what the Bengals have done. That's what the, you know, the chiefs did. It's what the Chargers have done. That's what the bills have done. That is the model of success. Now getting a, a veteran free agency quarterback, unless it is an affordable price. If it's a first round pick or a first and second round pick, you know, fine Two. I doubt you're getting a good one for two anyway. Three and four, whatever it will cost. I just can't see you more. Why? I just don't get mortgaging the franchise. for. Uh, it's a high-risk strategy that I don't think pays off. Fine. So, so that's my 
Let's move on. Let's head back to the weekend's games. Unless Aaron Rodgers trade talk done. <laughs> um, 49ers Rams. I, I, I didn't see a lot of this one. Um, time kicked in over here. But Pat, what was your take on this game? Yeah, I um, I was a little surprised. I kind of expected the 49ers to win this. Just having, mm-hmm. uh, having seen uh, the 49ers beat the Rams in, in six straights. And uh, just kind of have have uh, Kyle Shanahan have uh, Sean McVay's number for a while. So, um, and I just like I I did kind of think that the 49ers were the better team everywhere but quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just that that defensive line that hadn't given up I think more than 52 yards to any single running back since Week 10. That uh, you know can always apply a pass rush with four. And cover. I mean, they're they're defensive backfield, and, and we saw it yesterday. That's like the one glaring weakness the 49ers have, and uh, Stafford was able to exploit that weakness. Um, you know, the, the 49ers just had no answer for Cooper Cup when that pass rush couldn't get home. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting, and, like, the pressure that the Rams are capable of generating up front – like their defense has been more inconsistent this year than it has been the last two or three years. So kind of interesting that they would make the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when their defense has maybe been less formidable than it has been. Mm-hmm. But man, uh the the one area that I think they're gonna really be able to exploit against the, the Bengals is just uh the pressure they can put with their defensive line on a suspect offensive line. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know how the Bengals are going to stop Aaron Donald. So that's going to be a, and even if you do, you've got Von Miller on the other side. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. As, as, as Tampa found out, it was no easy yeah. feat. I, I think, um, I'll talk about Sunday's game first. And, and I think first of all, that, you know, the 49ers lost this game as much as anyone wants to talk about, the the Rams winning this game, you know the the 49ers lost this game. Um, you know you have to look at the lack of. I mean, first of all, the lack of discipline at times with the commitment to the run, just going away, calling pass plays where run plays were sufficient, not converting yeah. on third and short. I mean, these, these are these are just fundamental errors. But then there were just there was execution errors on the field. Like Tart has to pull in that interception. He's under no pressure. It's straight in the numbers. I mean, that's an inexcusable drop. It's an inexcusable drop that probably wins the game. Um, you know, and there was a catalog of errors. And the thing that I found most interesting is when Debo Samuel was not on the field, this offense just didn't go. It just didn't go anywhere. It just completely stalled in neutral. It was just it was just an irrelevant you know, a, an irrelevant offense. And I'm sitting there thinking like, Jimmy G's not that bad a quarterback. He's not, he's not great. We know he's not a franchise um, <laughs> level, you know, leveling up the rest of the franchise and everything, but we know he's competent. You know, you don't get to a Super Bowl and an NFC title game in three years without having some ability like okay he's not going to be winning hall of fame votes and he's not going to be winning mvp votes anytime soon and and rightfully so but you know he's got he's got enough ability there and you know i don't think he had the worst game yesterday i think you just have to look at it again at at the play calling and just think when things aren't going your way i I just think shanahan's got far too conservative there 
you've got the, the momentum, the tide is all going your way. Matt Stafford's underthrowing the ball. You know, you're you're getting home, you're forcing errors. There's a lot of things there that were there to be exploited. You know, you were forcing turnovers or you didn't take them. But you've got to commit on third, third and short, you've got to get over the line. You know, they make the stop on fourth down uh on 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 Stafford on the sneak, and you just think this is it, this is where they're gonna really just pummel this. And they just didn't. And it just got to and we saw this in the Super Bowl as well when they lost to the Chiefs. They got too tight, they got too conservative. Mm-hmm. And it just it's it's just about who has got the most conviction in their plan at the end of the day. The Rams just had the most conviction in their plan. They stuck to it. We're going to get Cooper Cup involved. We're going to use Beckham when we can't get Cup in the game. We've got a run game that will do enough to control the clock and to run the ball and keep defenses honest. And that's ultimately what they did. And, you know, Sean McVay called a terrible, terrible second half at times. Um, the uses of the timeouts and mm-hmm. the failed challenges. I mean, I don't know why he's challenging there. Uh, either time made no sense to me. But credit to Matt Stafford, you know, again, in the Buccaneers game, they had a terrible second half. He stepped up when it mattered. He won the game for them. He did exactly the same. He didn't play very well in that second half. But when it push came to shove and he needed to make the plays, he made the plays. And that's what yeah. they've paid him for. That's the difference between him and Jared Goff. They've both mm-hmm. got a mistake in them. They both will turn the ball over. But the difference is Matt, Matt Stafford on the line will make you enough plays to win football games, and Jared Goff won't. That is the difference. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I think there is a concern here for this performance. If I'm watching this now, having watched the Rams over the last two weeks, I am concerned. Like, if Matt Stafford has to make all the throws for them to win this game in the Super Bowl... I know which quarterback I'd rather have in the Super Bowl. I'd rather have Joe Burrow all day long and twice on Sunday. Like, if, if this is going to come down to the quarterbacks, the Bengals are in a great shape. But you're right, Pat. That offensive line is it is. <laughs> I mean, he's going to get the ball out quick. No matter where he's throwing it, to I me, mean, he's going to get it out quick. I, I sent I sent a message to to people um, after the Bengals won, and it's like the Bengals are proving that O line doesn't matter. Um, you know they've they've just ripped up the rule book that actually you don't need to draft an offensive line you just need to draft a, a very elusive quarterback who who's very good against the blitz and and Joe Burrow is I think the fourth best quarterback against the blitz actually ironically Matt Stafford is the best quarterback in the NFL against the blitz so you know we'll get to the Super Bowl preview I don't think you're going to see a lot of blitzes and I don't think you're going to see a lot of man coverage I think you're going to see a lot of zone um, and that will suit Stafford I think. Um, if he's not going to get pressured too much um, and they play a little zone and containment D, I think he'll handle it a lot better than Mahomes did. Um, so I think the Bengals need to dial up something very, very special to handle it. But, I, you know, credit the Rams because they hung in there and, and they did a great job to to manage the game. It was about who managed the game better in the fourth quarter and, and 100% it was, it was the Rams and they deserved it on that. But I do think the 49ers threw this one away. I think... The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org.
HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforumc.org. You know, you're up 10 at the start of the fourth quarter. It's a winnable situation. You just keep doing what you did in the, in the third quarter, keep running the ball, and we just look different. With, with, and you've got to get more playmakers. So, you know, they look stacked, but they just don't have enough playmakers. They don't have enough people that make – it's Debo Samuel. Occasionally it's Kittle, but that relies on Jimmy Garoppolo to make the play. Ayuk, he's not making many plays. When he does, he looks good. But, you know mm-hmm. – I almost felt they needed that they need like a bulldozing back. They need, um, they almost That's need like a Jarrett McKinnon, ironically, who they signed and, and didn't get any usage out of. I think they Raheem really most some... healthy. Might have been a different game. Yeah, it could have been. Uh, yeah, I, I just think they need like a bit of a bulldozing, bulldozer back just to mm-hmm. break some tackles and to put in the hard yards. Just when Fair. things aren't going well and you can't scheme an opening or two, just someone to get you that four or five yards of carry on first down. And just mm-hmm. slow the game down, take the time of possession control, and and just buy you time to make the critical plays and decisions. That's what I so, think they really lack. We're just under a fortnight away then from the Super Bowl. We now know it is. It's actually the Rams at the Bengals at the Rams. If that makes sense, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, a little bit confusing. Um, we've obviously spoken about the Rams defensive line against Joe Burrow and that offensive line, but what other keys to the game are there, Pat? How do you see it going and stick your neck on the line, pick a winner for us? Oh, um, other keys to the game. Yeah, I do I do think establishing the run to some degree. Like, people don't want to hear that, and, uh, you know, maybe there were some teams that kind of stuck with the run too heavily on first down. I know the, the Bengals were criticized for that. Like, I think play calling and running at the right times and, and sort of maybe more passing to set up the run than establishing the run. Um, Like I think Zach Taylor's got to be more willing to throw aggressively on first down than he was yesterday. Like some of the play calling was really suspect. And like, Mm -hmm. I I think the the Bengals had like one first down run of more than like three or four yards yesterday. So Burrow was, kind of constantly in like these negative down and distance situations. And yet he was over able to overcome it. So um, like pass to set up the run, I think is going to be the the better formula for both teams. Um, Oh man. And, and like the Bengals have got to figure out a way to keep Aaron Donald and uh, his, his mates at bay like that. If they can't keep the pressure off Donald or off uh, Burrow, I don't, I don't think Burrow can win a second, playoff game where he is sacked eight or nine times and uh (laughs) you know still manages to overcome it um which i think just adding to that the biggest loss of yesterday for them was losing cj azuma because it doesn't look like he's going to be back cj azuma would be in there as someone as an extra blocker to buy you that time because he's not a big explosive play threat and catching he's there for the blocking inside blocking and he would have been there to handle either von miller or or to be those double teams. So I think he's a big loss if he's not fit in the Super Bowl. 
He is, although, you know, Drew Sample is a pretty good blocking tight end, too. And and maybe, like, I thought I heard some optimism this morning that Uzma and Higby, I think, both have sprained MCLs. So that gives them a chance, at least. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a two- or three-week injury. Maybe there's a chance they could uh, be intact for the Super Bowl. Um, as far as a prediction, oh, I don't know, like uh, maybe 27, <laughs> 24 Bengals. This is a tough one. I think it's going to be close. I was a little surprised that the Rams were opened up as, I think, three and a half point favorites. I, okay. I saw it as more like a, a two, two and a half point uh, line. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I kind of like the Bengals. I've been riding them against the point spread throughout the playoffs. So, uh yeah, I'll, I'll say that they... One more, uh, one more go. Yeah, I think so. Murph, how about yourself? How do you see it going? Oh, I mean, I'm not going to give too much detail away because I've got a week and a bit's worth of content and shows to put out and to to, to blow it all early would be uh, a shame. Well, we've got a great fantasy segment lined up, so get your prediction yeah. in and we'll come I'm not going to give a prediction because I've, I've got to say no. that, uh, at the very least tomorrow night or later or in any of the, the Super Bowl specials that we'll be doing. Um but what I will what do say do if you've got a show tomorrow night, you say one team tonight, one team tomorrow, and you claim that he was right. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I will say, what I will say is this: um, I've talked a little bit, so you know, I, I think you can see a lot of zone defenses from either team. You're just talking about Burrow uh, and Stafford, both very good against the blitz. They're also very good in man coverage. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of zone. Here's what I will say: if this game is close in the fourth quarter. I really like the Bengals to win because I think the Bengals have been so battled hardened with all the overtimes, with mm-hmm. all the close games that they've been in. They know how to get it done. They've got the more reliable place kicker. They've got the guy who can kick with the longer leg. For me, if this game is close in the fourth quarter, it's advantage Bengals. I think for me, the path to victories are very simple. Bengals need to keep it close or to really be explosive and, and just, keep hammering, you know, that secondary of the Rams. The Rams is very simple. They have to get the lead and they have to hold on to it and they need to just keep knocking that door down because if they can control the time of possession, they can control the game, mm-hmm. they'll win the game. Um, but they'll need to be up. I think for me, they'll need to be up at least a score, if not more, in the fourth quarter. to so really. I, I actually don't know yet. <laughs> Um, I can build a that na- No, and I'm being serious. I can actually build a narrative for both sides. I really can. Yeah, uh, you could, which is I, I, a great show either way. Yeah, right? 100%. And I, I will say that, you know, I think for me, the, the better story is the Bengals winning. Yeah. Rams fans will disagree, but a team that's been, a team that was, you know, picking first overall two years ago, they picked, what, is it fourth in this draft? No, yeah, sure. fifth. They picked because Pitts was fourth. Pitts went fourth, yeah. Chase went number five. So they picked, you know, they went first pick, fifth pick. They won four games last year. They won two the games year the year before. Yeah. You know, Zach Taylor, very lucky to probably keep his job, shows some great commitment from the Bengals organization. And they've been rewarded for it with this Super Bowl appearance. So they're a better story to win it. I know Rams fans would disagree, but at the same token, the Rams have produced unbelievable signings in free agencies and trades. So they definitely have the more stacked roster. You said there about Zach Taylor. I did saw something start of the season that came back up on, on my newsfeed today that Zach Taylor was actually with one bookmaker favourite to be first to lose his job this season. Yeah. 
And, wow. <laughs> and that wasn't unfair. That was that, that, that sounds like an outrageous take now, but the guide won six games in two years. Yeah. It's not an outrageous take. Like it, it isn't. I think there's still people here who uh question how good a coach he is, even uh oh, yeah. despite how far they've gone. And by the way, I I just have to comment, Murph, that you know it's great that two guys doing uh this podcast on American football uh in England that you of course tout a kicker as a uh, key to the the Super Bowl. You know, in the the <laughs> land of football, uh don't overlook the, the kicking part of the game. And McPherson is fantastic. I mean, he might be the new Justin Tucker. He's just money. He, he is. I've had the pleasure of watching him at Florida. Um, and also, you know, he's what, 12, is it 11 for 11 or 12 for 12 this postseason? Anyway, he's got the most rookie. He's the rookie with the most kicks made in a postseason in NFL history um, already. Oh. So he owns that record and he's absolute money. And do you know what's it's ironic? Because that Green Bay game in those conditions where, um, there were so many missed kicks in that game. Yeah. That was the making of him. That was the making of him. He went through something really difficult, lost the game to the Packers, and he lost it. And he came back better for it, you know. And that yeah. that showed me that he's going to be a great kicker because you either do in a Roberto Aguirre where you lose a game and then you just spiral out of control and you just can't handle it, or you know, you, you take it, you get better from it. And then you kick your team to the Super Bowl, which is what he's done. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Evan McPherson. Super. I'll tell you now. Super Bowl MVP. Let's put it out there. <laughs> so, Bengals to win it now, Murph. Have you changed? Mm, well, maybe maybe, he takes all the maybe maybe the Rams win it and, and McPherson's the MVP. Could that happen? Who knows? <laughs> I'm not putting a pound on it, I'm afraid, no. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it would be remiss of us to have Pat here and not have a super, super early look ahead to the fantasy season ahead. So we've lined up a couple of questions. We're going to run around and, and see what names Pat can throw out for each of these questions. And Murph, and hey, I've done some name writing down for what it's worth as well. So um, Pat, lead us off. Who are some dynasty sleepers you are targeting this offseason? Oh, sleepers. Um, boy, I... Stumped me right off the bat with this one. Um, <laughs> I, I think one that uh, people are going to be excited about next year, or, or maybe not even excited enough. Like, I'd love to see what Terry McLaurin could do if he actually okay. gets a quarterback. I don't know if that <laughs> if he qualifies as a, a sleeper, but um, right. so he's one, and uh, like I'll go with more of a sleeper and and um i was just talking about this guy like i'm, I'm kind of obsessed with him Kadarius tony like uh okay. what we saw of him out of him in a couple of games this year like he is athletically special and um i'm a little worried that it was kind of injuries that kept him off the field and it wasn't just a single injury it was kind of a medley of three or four things keeping him from playing down the stretch i worry that he might be one of these guys who's constantly battling injuries but man what we saw from him in just a couple of games um he looked like a future star so i'm i'm excited about his future fair um i don't know if Murph's back with us yet but i'll jump in and he can give us a signal fine i'm gonna go first anyway Murph. so um, i've got a couple of names i've got curtis samuel we've seen the bengals use jamar chase in the kind of utility role and the niners have switched to doing it with debo uh, and i think in curtis samuel coming off the injury Potentially has that ability, not maybe at the same level, but again, he could fulfill that role for, for Washington. 
So uh, we'll see how I think he'll form in drafts because of the injury. We'll see how he comes out. Um, the other one I want to put out there is DJ Shark. Again, another one coming back off a big injury. Um, big playmaking ability. Remains to be seen if he stays with Trevor Lawrence and that and the Jags. But um, again, I think he'll be drafted at a pretty reasonable value in the, and available pretty cheaply to buy during the offseason as well. So, Murph, how about yourself? Who you got down? Yeah, so yeah, I'm back. Sorry, I just lost uh, lost audio there. Um, so for me, I like to find guys that are really, really like massively under the radar that absolutely nobody's talking about. Okay. The first one is is Michael Thomas. Um, we know that, that situation in in New Orleans is mid first round pick. Nobody's talking about him. Well, he's not talking about him now because he's not played. No. He's not played for no. a season and a half, and you know he's no. sitting there on people's rosters. People don't know what the score is. Now Peyton's gone. He could face some form of uh, regeneration or reintegration because <laughs> there was clearly a coaching problem. He requested a trade. He didn't play when he was maybe fit and then he went off and then the whole thing mid-season with the injury that was weird um so he's someone i think you could probably acquire for a lot less than what he'll probably give you um so i definitely like him as someone to acquire i really like um i'm really i've taught myself into this narrative of, of amari rogers of green bay you said last I, week yeah i said this and i and i and i really believe this i even wrote this on on fantasy pros but I do think Jordan Love is going to be the quarterback in 2022 for the Packers. And I think that the amount of time they would have played on scout team together and the amount of time they would have played, you know, playing catch, they'll have a great relationship day one. We know that that Packers front office is not going to draft a wide receiver high up on the board mm-hmm. because that's not their MO. So they're going to work with what they've got. It'd be ironic if they did the year Rogers left, wouldn't it? Eh? Crikey. <laughs> I mean, that would, that would be, that would be the ultimate, that would be the ultimate kick in the teeth, wouldn't it? I mean, it that would, really would. up yours, yeah. Um, so I, I really can see a role. I don't know what's going to happen with Devontae Adams, but I think right now I'm looking at that situation thinking you could probably get Amari Rogers for tokens next to nothing. Um, you know, mm-hmm. a low round pick. If you're, if you, you know, if you won your league, you could probably pick him up for a late third. That's worth almost nothing. Um, so I'm, I'm sprinkling. I'm trying to, I'm trying to acquire him, acquire him in some places. Uh, absolutely. Um, another one I really like if you're struggling at tight end is, is Trey McKitty. Um, again, it's very, very little for the Chargers this year, not on anyone's radar. Jared Cook's gone. Donald Parnham's gone. Um, so he is going to be by the, by the fact the number one tight end on that roster. He, he actually started the last couple of games of the season. He looked all right. Um, I want any part of that Chargers offense. Mike Williams might not be there. There's not going to be that many familiar faces around. Yeah. I, I'm just buying the opportunity of of getting someone who might be a target for Justin Herbert and that high-powered offense for essentially free, a throw-in right. in a deal. So if I'm trying to do a deal and someone's got Trey McKitty, I'm just going to get him thrown in. Uh, probably not anymore. Yeah. Anyone listening to this is probably going to turn around and, <laughs> uh, and tell me. This. Um, and then... Uh, one more for me is I, I. It's not really a sleeper, but uh, as well, no, I'll save it for the buy those. No, I'll stay with that. They're my sleepers under the radars. Fine, Murph. I'm going to come to you first this time, so we give Pat a bit more time to consider his answer. So, who are some players you will be looking to move off of your rosters? Nick? We spoke about who we're buying. Who are you looking to ship out at this stage? 
It's a good question. Um, you wrote so it. I, <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten the written. Yeah, I, I think for me, um, I'm looking at I'm looking at older wide receiver profiles that have been productive. So, mm-hmm. um, someone like Keenan Allen would be looking would be someone for me. I'd be looking okay. to to get cash in now. Again, I've just talked about buying pieces of this uh, this this Chargers offense. Now I'm talking about selling one, but you know Keenan Allen's approaching thirty. We know that drop off is is coming, um, and I think you, you're not going to get much more than what you've got for him now. Uh, so he's one I would definitely be interested in parting with. Um, same goes with someone like Brandon Cooks. I absolutely love him in a redraft format, but in a dynasty format again, given what he did last year. I still think you can get something very worthwhile for him outside of what I think he could potentially produce. Um, I also, you know, Chris Godwin would be a good one here to get rid of because right now, wherever he lands, it's not ever going to be as good as it was. You know, we haven't even talked about the fact that Tom Brady retired and unretired in the space of an hour on, on, on Saturday. Um, so we don't know where Chris Godwin's going to end up. He could stay in Tampa. I can't see how they're going to make it work with the finances unless he gives a massive hometown discount, and I don't think he does. Mm-hmm. So where's he going to go that is going to pay him the kind of money? You know, we're talking Galladay money. We're talking 18 mil a year. There aren't that many teams that have that kind of cap space, and the ones that do, guess what, don't have great offenses. So I don't like... Chris Godwin's situation in 2022. Now, he's young enough to overcome a bad situation for a year or two, but if I'm trying to win now, I can acquire good pieces for Chris Godwin based on his name and value of what he's done. I'd be trying to ship him off on, uh, because I just don't like what situation he's going to land in 2022. Even in Tampa, because if if Don Brady's not there, uh, he's catching balls from Blaine Gabbert or Carl Trask or Teddy Bridgewater or Andy Dalton? Nah, it's okay. I'll uh, I'll take my chances and, and go elsewhere. Fair. How about yourself, then, Pat? What players are you looking to, to move on from? I love Murph's uh, Keenan Allen answer. Okay. I think that was a good one. Um, and Allen's just a – he's a guy who doesn't get many yards per catch. He's a guy who doesn't score a great deal of touchdowns. That means he's got to catch a lot of balls to be valuable. And with all those targets and catches comes a greater risk of injury, which, you know, he was developing a reputation of being injury prone early in his career. He's kind of gotten out of that by staying healthy, you know, for, for the prime years of his career. But now, um, you know, even though we are probably going to see Mike Williams leave and, and some of these tight ends, um, Yes, he's still going to be the number one target, but I just don't know if we're going to see enough from him. Like it, it might be hard for him as he ages to continue this formula of, you know, a hundred to one hundred and twenty catches a year, um, and, and taking all that sort of punishment. Uh, Adam Thielen is another one I think. Like Justin Jefferson is clearly the ta- target hog there. Thielen has been floating his value with all these touchdowns, which um, statistically a little bit fluky, maybe. And we've seen like a little bit of a downturn in metrics like yards per route run, yards per targets. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, I'm just completely out on. Like, I I think we've been seeing the beginning of the end, maybe. Um, And yet he's going to be drafted highly just because people are going to pay homage to the the track record. Um, Mm -hmm. So he would be another one. And then like I've, I've 
given LaVisca Chenault enough time. Uh, oh, like yeah. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. What's I loved him in college. I've, I've given him two years, and like I'm he'd done have, waiting. He didn't be on my list, but he's not on any of my rosters. I've never <laughs> bought into <laughs> I, I was out day one. I was like, "This is he's, he's got a unique skill set that just doesn't translate to fantasy football." Bless yeah. him, nice guy, good player. Doesn't translate to fantasy football. Never, I never bought in, so I don't have him on any rosters. Uh, I agree. With you. I think um, I'm 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 against you on Zeke though. Um, on one because he, he's got one metric that is just paramount at the position that he will always seem to do very well at. That's durability. Stays fit. The guy stays fit. And listen, if you stay fit for 17 games in fantasy football at the running back position, you're an RB1. Yeah. And he was playing hurt to his credit this year. Like he just kept answering the bell and like, you know, he wasn't racking up yardage like he normally does, but he was scoring touchdowns. So exactly. I know. I, I would buy listen, he's in decline. Everything points to it, but I just think the fact that guy plays 17 games, I just think how many guys are going to play 17 games? It's just not many. I just think I'll take the guy that plays 17 games over the guy who's up and coming and isn't going to play 17 games. Yeah. Um, just for me, really quickly, I've put on uh, Derek Henry, age, durability, and I think we might see Dante Foreman take a bigger share of that load off him during the regular season. Um, and I mentioned on another show as well, Odell Beckham Jr. and or Woods, depending if Beckham stays at the Rams, because I think they'll just take away from each other at some stage. So if, if that offense runs with Cup Woods and Beckham, I probably want to avoid those two out of it and maybe just have Cup as my one. So um, there'll be people I'm looking to, especially the Rams, kind of win the Super Bowl. be a decent bit of value, I'm sure. Uh, one morning, are there any veterans you are looking to acquire on a win-now roster? Who wants to go first? Go ahead, Murph. Go on, Murph. Pat's deep in uh, four. Look at that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll go first. I've got a story then. This week, I paid a fourth round, 10th pick for Tom Brady on a windmill mm. roster. Seemed really stupid about an hour and a half later. Um, <laughs> might be a really good deal an hour and a half after that. What are you getting at the 410? <laughs> Amari Rogers last year. <laughs> All right, fair. But yeah, I, I, I figured it's a win now. I'm, it's a super flex. Tyler Heineke was my second or third QB. And I thought, you know what? It would just be Brady-esque to stand up a year, win it all, and then walk away. So for a 410, I'll take that all day long. Um, anyway, that was my little story this week. So who have you got, Murph? Deshaun uh, Watson in the super flex league, if you can acquire him. Um, I just think his value is as low as it's going to be in the next five to 10 years. And I think, yes, the cases aren't settled. Yes. What he did was a bad thing. And and I'm not condoning that. And I'm only talking about the game played on paper, not the game played in real life. And if you don't condone anything he did and you don't want him on your roster, then I 100% support and understand that. And I'll say that first of all, but just as the game theory play, um, I just think his value, there's still going to be people that are twitchy that are going to be uncertain. I'm, I'm, you know, from what I see and read and it just looks like these cases will be settled. It does look like you'll probably get a small ban at most, um, which isn't fair, right? But it is what it is. I think his value will never be as low as it is right now. So that's, uh, I think if you're in the market for a QB, he's probably, um, 
is probably as good as you're going to get. Um, mm-hmm. I think for me, if I'm looking at other veterans that I want in on that you can acquire Robert Woods, really want Robert Woods on teams. He just always produces solid fantasy numbers. People will be scared of the injury and the age. Uh, and what Cooper Cup did this year, I think Cooper Cup's going to be in line for some regression. Um, I don't know if Stafford's going to be so the QB I'm, there I'm next selling year. Woods, you're buying Woods. I'm going to find that yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna buy Woods. I, I. I just think there's some players. Just think will be productive for quite a while, and, and he he will be one of them. I think another one that people are going to get twitchy on is is, Deon, is DeAndre Hopkins. I think Hopkins is another one. I think people are going to get twitchy on. He's he's getting old. Um, but let's be honest. He played a lot of games hurt, and then he played a lot of games without Kyler Murray. If people are taking his 2021 season into its exclusive parameter they're going to look at it and think he's washed and actually he didn't play that many games with with kyler where he was fit less than half a season so yeah i i I just think these are the sorts of players you can get in a in a buy now where you can buy them severely undervalued who will produce you extremely good numbers for what you need for one to two years which is all i'm looking to try and get these at i don't with the exception of watson i don't think any of these players cost you first round picks Mm mm-hmm so then I'm thinking, you know, second round of a draft this year, this draft class isn't amazing. It's it's not bad, but it's not amazing. If I, if I had like the two, you know, if I had a, you'd probably have to do it like a late second or third, maybe even the late third. Even if I had like the 111 or the 112 for D-Hop, I'm probably doing that. And I think someone would be quite happy to do that deal. And I think I would rather take D-Hop knowing he's probably going to be a top 10 wide receiver next year. Um, and try and win it now, then try and get whoever I'm going to get the 11th or 12th best rookie in this class, who I don't think is going to be all that special. And that could be wrong. I've said that in the past and be wrong. Yeah. But... Fair enough. Pat, chuck some names at me. I'll uh, I'll mention two guys from the same team and, and maybe kind of an unexpected team, uh, the Raiders. I'll say Josh Jacobs, I don't think we've seen his best season from, and I'm encouraged that when – John Gruden left the team. We saw Jacob start to get more involved in the passing game, which is something that he does well and and really never got the chance to do with Gruden calling the play. So, uh, and I think he's still one of the toughest inside runners in football. And uh, it doesn't seem like they are inclined to have anyone share work with him. Like they want to use him as a workhorse. And um, Mm -hmm. like, I think he's good enough to be it. And yet I think people are undervaluing him and undervaluing his, his ability. So, um, and the other guy I think is Hunter Renfro. And I think people view him as this sort of overachiever and he is indeed that, you know, with his uh, stature and his speed. Um, But like, I see him as the new, the new Wes Welker, the new Julian Edelman, like a a guy that is going to consistently be a value. People are going to underplay him and and consistently be looking for the, uh, you know, the next AJ Green, the prototype, tall, fast, big, and keep overlooking this guy. And I think he's going to be like a perennial draft value going forward. And I would be like happy to get him in what the sixth round of of drafts next year. Mm. And I think that's, probably realistic i'm gonna throw out another name which i've just forgotten and just what just remembered uh, cedric cedric wilson of yep. dallas yeah. if he stays with the cowboys yeah uh, he's staying with the cowboys i'll tell you that now he's going to stay with the cowboys i don't think michael gallup is going to stay with the cowboys you look at what he did down the stretch i think again that uncertainty of is he going to sign the contract i think you're looking at 
what a second round pick, maybe push, maybe if someone's really not sure because they picked him up late off the waiver wire, you might even pay a third. But if not, you're paying mm-hmm. a second round pick. Yeah, I think I think he would not shock me if 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 Wilson kept pace um, with with Amari Cooper next year. I think Lamb will break away from the, the three of them, but it would not shock me. It wouldn't shock me if Wilson got more points than Amari Cooper next year. In fact, that's one I would try and sell. By the way, is Amari mm. Cooper? I'd forgotten about him, but I said that last week. <laughs> Did and obviously a buy now. I think for me as well is on value. I don't think it will get a better time to buy Christian McCaffrey if you're contending and you haven't got him. No, is he capable of putting up twenty plus points a week when he's on the field comfortably in a PPR league? So um, if he stays healthy, now's probably the lowest you could ever acquire him. So, um, Pat, before we call it a day, tell us where we can find you and your articles and what you're doing, and how can people get more involved in Pat Fitzmaurice. Sure, Dan, and thank you so much to uh, you and Murph for having me on. It's always yeah, thank uh, you for joining us. Yeah, it's always great to be on uh, Five Yard Rush. So. Um, you can find me at fantasypros.com. That's where all my written stuff is. You can find the Fits on Fantasy Podcast uh, pretty much anywhere. Our podcasts are available. And on Twitter, I am at Fitz underscore FF. There you go. Thank you very much for joining us. Two weeks to the Super Bowl, Bengals, Rams. Murph, anything to add before we close this one out? Just, just to say to go download Pat's podcast. I keep talking about it. It's an, an incredible podcast. It, um, you get to learn a lot about the people in the industry, but you get to learn a lot of really smart takes. And uh, I promise you, you'll be a better player um, just listening to it because you go really deep into product in into like very specific areas that just help from a gameplay perspective or player perspective. And you know, you'll be a smarter a smarter player listening to Pat's pardon. Yeah, as you said, all, all his articles are there on on fantasy pros you recently did um a perfect draft from last year <laughs> i wonder how many people actually pulled off that perfect draft go check that out because it's a, a, again really just uh insightful pieces to sort of how to construct teams even for next year probably won't land it quite as well as that but it just gives you an idea from a, a roster construction perspective so um yeah. if uh any of you are around listening to this the pod will go out on tuesday so if you're around tonight or if you're watching this on the live stream or catching this on twitter um tomorrow so tuesday the first of february i will be doing a show with jason bell former dallas uh cowboys uh, houston texans and uh new york giants cornerback um and also star of the bbc and sky sports nfl coverage and also uh be joined on stage by hannah wilkes who's presenter for sky sports the three of us are doing a round table at old street bar and grill i think it's five pounds a ticket which is and you get a beer with that, so it's ridiculous. They're basically, yeah, it's cheaper to I mean, buy the beer normally in London. That is. Well, it's cheaper to buy the beer normally, <laughs> and then, and then you get to listen to two brilliant people and myself. Um, yeah. Lower the lower the standards, probably why they had to lower the ticket prices. To be honest, but no, you can catch <laughs> us. Uh, we'll be on Old Street. I will be around for chats yeah. and photos and etc. So join that. Uh, we've got our Super Bowl party on the thirteenth. Um, so make sure you join that and. That's it. Again, uh, you can tune in. I've just uh, finished a, a series of articles on Fantasy Pros as well. Pat Suda, my boss, I guess now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Uh, not quite. Almost soon. Um, 
uh, well, I've just gone through all the 2021 rookies. So I mentioned like Amari Rogers and, and Trey McKitty. Um, you can sort of understand my thought process. I, I've gone through sort of all notable fancy footy, uh, fancy football rookies. I've done it in three parts. So uh, quite long pieces, but they're, uh, they should be interesting. So go and check those out. And there'll be more stuff coming on the Substack. I've not written there for a couple of weeks because of COVID, uh, but I will do as the end of this week. Super. Gentlemen, thanks as ever for your time. Championship weekend is gone. We now look ahead to the Super Bowl. That's right. Close up. Thanks for everything. Uh, hope you've enjoyed the show, and don't forget, as always, keep rushing. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.